Day, October the 2nd of 2022. This is Captain Fred. You're listening to The Fifth Dimension on Republic Broadcasting Network. This is a listener-supported network. We need your dollars to keep this platform operating. So if you enjoy the programming that you're listening to or or you want to become involved, please, whatever you can spare, please send it to the network. These kids that are trying to keep this network uh, alive after John Statmiller's death are doing a wonderful job, and we need to applaud them for it, and we need to support them whenever we can. Today's show is is a show that I've put together several times in different kinds of uh, formats. Uh, it's about mind control. It's about controlling behavior. There's a, a university in California. It's called Stanford. And they have a lab. It used to be, used to be called the... Uh, Stanford Persuasive Technology Lab and the Stanford uh, Captology Lab. It's a research organization advancing behavior change methods and models. It's founded in 1998 by the director uh, B.J. Fogg. The Behavior Design Lab is an interdisciplinary team of Stanford students, graduates, quantitative researchers who study factors that impact human behavior, and they conduct research and share insights and create practical solutions that make people happier and healthier. That's what it says about them in Wikipedia. The team is the global authority in a new and systematic way to design for behavior change. The emphasis that they'd like to push is the emphasis on health, productivity, and financial well-being. I'm sure that a lot of people have seen the television ads for financial well-being programs that teach your children how to invest better or investment programs or these the, the, the downloadable programs that can help you lose weight. But there is an ethical question that needs to be asked about these technologies and how they're used. And that's actually one of the things that B.J. Fogg addresses in his his classes on persuasive technology. It's best known for having been the inception or the concepts for big name companies such as Instagram or Facebook apps. BJ wrote a book about Facebook for parents that's out of print now. It's a little difficult to, to find any real information on it. I think it's available on Amazon, but 
he goes into being able to control the the kind of programming programming or behavior designing that's being used at Instagram or Facebook to produce a certain kind of behavior. This has been discussed this has been discussed a lot of times on different websites. The beha- the design or behavior design lab's mission according to their their uh, public relations is to teach good people how human behavior works so that they can create solutions that effectively increase health and boost happiness and promote human flourishing. You might under, you might wonder why, if if it can do that, it can also bring people into a a kind of behavior that isn't or wouldn't be your first choice of behavior let's say that the the fog research was about using computers as persuasive technology and it was part of the h star the human sciences and technology Technologies Advanced Research Institute at Stanford. And it focuses on advancing the human sciences in the context of applications that are designed uh, in information technologies. It would be difficult to assume that these technologies have not been embraced by the people that control the media or the government media, however you want to, however you want to look at it. Some of the ethical issues are are addressed because a lot of this technology a lot of this technology has been developed by large corporations and these corporations are concerned about bottom line There's an article that I found in Wired magazine, March the 6th of 2000. Now this was before 9-11, when human behavior was still in its, or, or control of human behavior was still in its infancy, or mostly in the realm of uh, intelligence 
organizations like the CIA or the KGB or organizations that that needed to manipulate behavior. Here's the article, Fiddling with Human Behavior. Researchers at Stanford are studying technology designed to persuade people to change the way they think or act. What they're finding is pretty scary. Lynn Burke reports from Palo Alto, California. Palo Alto. B.J. Fogg raises his long arm and thrusts a six-pound infant doll into the air. This is a persuasive computer, he says. It may not look like it, but it is. Fogg is the director of the Persuasive Technology Laboratory at Stanford University, where academics study technology designed to persuade people to alter their thoughts or behavior. In the case of this doll called Baby Think It Over, teenagers are encouraged to change their attitudes about sex and pregnancy. Sounds like a noble cause, doesn't it? The baby is a tech variation on the carrion egg pregnancy prevention program once used by teachers to make their young charges think twice before indulging in any hanky-panky. But instead of toting around an egg wrapped in a towel, the student carries a lifelike vinyl baby programmed to have a distinct personality and cry at random intervals. The crying can be stopped when its parent inserts a key into the control unit on the back on the doll's back. And when the experiment is over, a detailed record of the student's performance is printed out, revealing such perceived abuses as neglect and shaking. Fogg believes this kind of persuasive technology is the wave of the future, and he thinks it can be a little bit scary. I believe persuasive computing has significant potentials and pitfalls. He said there's, there's really is a dark side. In a one-room laboratory tucked away at the edge of Stanford's expansive campus, he works with students to cook up the darkest technology they can imagine. Graduate student David Stark, 23, and his classmates have come up with their idea of the perfect persuasive technology. It's called Jealousy.com. At the fictitious site, which, which has no relation to the actual Jealousy.com website, a jealous wife is taunted with provocative phrases like, do you know where your husband is? Once convinced of a probable infidelity, the suspicious missus registers for a service that will scan her husband's email for selected keywords like sex, passion, and kill. 
the service uses a Trojan horse that she has sent to her husband in the form of innocuous, an innocuous-looking e-greeting. And every time her husband receives an email with one of the selective keywords, jealousy.com, will intercept it and deliver it to the broken-hearted, if vindicated, wife. And, of course, it'll slap her with a bill. Although the aim of the program might be considered moral to reduce infidelity, it means its means of persuasion are highly questionable. Stark says he and his classmates got the idea for their project from DoubleClick, the internet ad firm that has come under fire for collecting personal information from users. We said, what can we do that's really unethical, he said, adding that the question is an important one to explore. If you understand how people are trying to manipulate you, you can be better informed and make sure you're not being taken advantage of, he said. A scenario like Jealousy.com is not that far off, Stark says. I think that one of the things that is scary about it is it's so easy to do. And his teacher agrees. He says, I think the value of pushing things to the extreme is so that we can ask, what's like this but not quite so obvious? What's, what's like this but not quite so obvious? Jason Tester, a senior who works in the lab, spends hours asking, his, asking this same question by combing the internet for real-life examples of persuasive technology. One of the best examples he's seen so far is the hygiene guard, a device designed to spy on workers in the bathroom. The system works with small badges worn by workers that pick up a signal from a sensor in the bathroom. The sensor makes the badge blink and the blinking only stops when the employee pumps the soap dispenser and runs water for 15 seconds. Ignored blinking incidents are recorded. Like most of the persuasive technology studied here, the hygiene guard has a noble intent to increase hand washing and reduce the spread of germs. But its methods raise questions and objections. Though Tester and other students spend lots of time considering the evils of persuasive tech, they are the first to admit it's not all bad. They've come up with several ideas that would use persuasive technology for nobler aims, such the system they designed for bathrooms called Optilex, a small device that runs on a tricked-out Palm Pilot and a couple of AA batteries. The Optilex is a screen placed above a urinal that flashes a new vocabulary word 
its definition. And an example of the word in use whenever a guy steps up. I think the media has actually already started doing that. He says, we're not trying to preempt the grout reading time, says Eric, who co-designed the device. If we exposed a close community of people to positive, happy words on a daily basis, would their behavior change? The theory behind this experiment is based on the Sapir-Whorf hypothesis that says language determines thought. That's an interesting concept, isn't it? Language determines thought. But Palm Pilots are pretty expensive, so there have been no studies yet of that. The study of persuasive technology is now called Captology by researchers here is a young science. Stanford is the only university in the world known to be studying it. Well, that was in 2000, 22 years ago. You think maybe there's other people studying persuasive technology? Do you think there's organizations like NBC, CBS? the advertising agencies who are encouraged to develop witty and timely themes to help promote their customers' products or ideas or information. Fogg says as the Internet grows as a vehicle to change what people do. People will have to start paying attention in order to protect themselves. He says persuasive technologies are here. And he says more are coming. That was in 2000. And here we are 22 years later. And we've been at the mercy of a media that takes advantage of its persuasive ability. Its ability to show us new words. Its ability to to use words to control our behavior. There are words that can trigger behavior now. You have to look this up, folks. Um, the Behavior Design Lab at Stanford is, is really interesting because I think, there's, I think there is a positive step to it. But a large part of what B.J. Fogg did in the beginning of his study was to study the ethics of behavior modification using these new technologies. The ethical use of, of 
designing persuasive technologies is part of what a lot of people would call um, neuroethics. And neuroethics is a, a study of how our thought processes are being controlled and how they're being controlled not for our best interest. There's a uh, website called Mind Justice that I, I read from a lot. And what Mind Justice looks into is the CIA's use of no-touch torture to control thought. No-touch torture is a... Most people associate torture with, with the <laughs> having an Iron Maiden put on your head and spikes going into your arm or, they, or, or waterboarding. Waterboarding was the the big um, diversion for discussions about torture a few years ago and and the the ethics of of waterboarding but waterboarding has become uh, a non-issue the CIA's used neuroscience based mind control for some time Neuroscience-based mind control research is known to have contributed into the 1970s and still, still is classified today. January 29, 1979, Washington Post article entitled Book Disputes CIA Chief on Mind Control Efforts. Work Work went on into the 1970s for CIA mind control. Despite assurances last year from Central Intelligence Director Stanfield Turner that the CIA's mind control program was phased out over a decade ago, the intelligence agency has come up with new documents indicating that the work went on into the 1970s, according to a new book. John Marks, the author of the book, said the CIA mind control researchers did apparently drop their much-publicized MK Ultra drug testing program, but they replaced it, according to Marks, with another super-secret Behavioral Control Project under the agency's Office of Research and Development. The ORD program used a cover organization set up in the 1960s outside Boston, headed by Dr. Edwin Land, the founder of Polaroid, who acted as a figurehead, said Marx in the book. The project investigated such research as genetic engineering, development 
of new strains of bacteria and mind control. The book identifies the Massachusetts proprietary organization headed by Lamb as the Scientific Engineering Institute. The CIA-funded institute was originally set up as a radar and technical research company in the 1950s and shifted over to mind control experiments in the 1960s, with the exception of few scattered programs. According to Marx, however, the ORD program was a full-scale one and just as secret as the earlier MK Ultra project. There's been a lot of people that discuss MKUltra and all these scary stories of MKUltra, but there's, there's something that's replaced it, folks. And they're, they're developing it at the universities. Laboratories like Stanford's Persuasive Technology Laboratory. In March of, well, I don't know if I've got time to go into this. It looks like we may be heading to a break. But I'd want to remind everybody that this is a listener-supported network, and we do need your donations to survive. We do need the donations to survive. And, and if you can spare anything at all, and you know, I used to not spend a lot of time pitching for donations on the earlier shows, but um, you've got to you've got to believe that not all the information you get is useful. But we need to support the programming so that we can pick and choose whatever useful information that we'd like to get out of it. I guess my timer's a little bit off here today. In March 14th of 1987, Nation Magazine editorial Lewis Slesson, editor of the trade publication Microwave News, wrote, experts agree that non-ionizing electromagnetic radiation can affect behavior but the question is whether the radiation can be harnessed and used on people at a distance. With this MKUltra program, the CIA began looking for the answer in the early 1950s. Slesson described that, that in his 1979 book, Search for the Manchurian Candidate, the CIA in Mind Control, by John Marx. Marx filed a Freedom of Information Act request, and, and the CIA reported that it had a room full of files on electromagnetic and related techniques to alter behavior and stimulate the brain. Oh. We'll be back. the truth. 
You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news, real talk, real people. Because you can handle the truth. Are you one of the millions of people who feel like there is a dark cloud hanging over their heads whenever they're using pharmaceutical drugs? For some, the short-term relief can turn into an opioid addiction nightmare. Have you ever wondered why CBD oil is a billion-dollar industry? It's because it works better than opioids and is actually healthy for you. However, CBD oil is stripped of all other helpful compounds found in the hemp plant. According to neuroscientists, the whole hemp plant, otherwise known as hemp paste, is even more effective than the chemically processed CBD oil. Are you ready to take back your health? You can try hemp paste for the price of a cup of coffee by going to rbnhemppaste.com and ordering a trial pack of Happy Packets for $5 with free shipping. That's rbnhemppaste.com. Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for Truth, Liberty, and Balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the Internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee. And I started Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee. And after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good. And uh, every time I came back, uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it, and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee that's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumer's house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee... You have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10.
Hey, I'm, I guess I'm a little cut out here, Sam. Uh, I'm not hearing the intros or anything. Anyway, that doesn't matter. We'll just keep going anyway. This, this show today is about mind control and how it's been something that's been researched and developed over quite a while now. The CIA started with it back in the 50s. And uh, it's, it's taken, to be, taken on a, an air of legitimacy when it's been uh, when it's been discussed as uh, behavior control for for the benefit of humanity, but I think that maybe mind control might have been run off the rails just a little bit by the people that really can profit from mind control. You have to look back at the last few years and ask yourself: Was the COVID panic similar to the toilet paper panic was the toilet paper panic was that just a test to see if they could really use mind control to shut the world down and to to loot and to literally loot the world of the middle class earnings which was exactly what happened exactly what happened They used mind control through the media to convince everybody of a a message. They created this environment or a situation for mind control. This, This mind control situation was set up to manipulate us. And the most important thing that they that they did to achieve this this kind of control was they created a system of asymmetrical information. This information is, is all that anybody knows. The information that people discuss, the shared experience of information, is all from media. It's not from from experience. We don't we don't share our common experiences anymore we share the experience of our our synthetic information it created an anonymous predator this killer that was 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 it was going to kill the world and then on top of that they created this left-right paradigm this paradigm of of vax or not vax or or COVID or no COVID. And everybody's been arguing about it now. This left-right paradigm has created a situation where we betray each other. We do not have discourse anymore. We have, we have triggers. We say one thing, it triggers the other side. But it's a left-right paradigm that brings us to, to betray our brothers. The systematic falsehood of what they've created is in, endemic with, with all of the media and all the information. And it's, it's, it's a, a sense of confinement. Everybody feels trapped in this. There's narrowness and destruction. And what's really the most, most damning of this mind control situation is it's it's, it's unpredictability and, and it's circularity. 
There is no end to it. They define torture as every act by which a public functionary or another person at his instigation intentionally inflicts on another person pain or suffering, physical or mental, with the object of obtaining information or punishing or of intimidating. You know, I'm going to open up the lines here. It looks like I've already got one caller, but I want to give give out the number. It's 512-248-8252. If you'd like to join in, uh, I think we may end up having another roundtable today because I see Laura in Michigan has joined us. Laura, it surely is a good time to see you Hello, here. Fred. How are you doing today, Laura? Good. I was just thinking we just went through two years of mind control. Like you said, that's the point. That's the point. People scared. It was fear. So they were so fearful they wouldn't believe anybody when you told them that the the mRNA shot was bad for them. They wouldn't even believe family members. They turned on each other. I mean, they really did it this time. Well, the CIA, Laura, developed techniques to to make people betray each other. And what they did is they created this this um, well Gitmo was a was a control situation, and they put detainees into well isolation, which they did too pretty effectively. Well, when they isolate the detainees at Gitmo, they give them one source of information, and they create uh, in this source of information this narrative, an anonymous killer. So the people that are detained by the CIA and Gitmo are, are isolated from everybody else. They see this narrative, which they there's no way to to know if any of this stuff is right or wrong. But but what happens is is that that people choose sides, and when people choose sides, they they end up betraying each other. It, it was interesting. I read an article and I was reading from. Uh, 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 mind justice and they defined or they said that the narrative at Gitmo was a lot like that, what they call total theater and that's what the media created for the world during COVID was total theater anytime anybody really said anything that, uh, that con- con- contradicted the media's term it was immediately censored which is was important to keep the asymmetry of information going, Laura. I I I really think that the more we can uh, show how this the techniques for mind control have been developed and used, the more we'll be able to spot it when we're we're being subjected to it. Don't you? Oh yeah, but the whole idea is like a facilitator, changing the values, attitudes, and beliefs of people. It's the three things you need to change. Values, attitudes, and beliefs. Well, they did that, didn't they? Yes. Absolutely. Values. People, people during the last couple of years gave up so much of what they valued as part of their lives. You know, they gave up uh, their religion. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, all these five... Yeah, the church is shut down. Yeah. I, I never 
I never would have thought that would have happened in the United States, but they were able to accomplish it, didn't they? Yeah, I, I never. I didn't think it would happen either. But, I tell you, uh, I would have. I would have never thought that I would have seen some of the roughest, toughest stand-up cowboys I've ever met. Uh, it was disappointing to see them put on their mask and and hide behind that during this last couple of years. I think it's beginning to to become. Uh, I think people are becoming enlightened to how they've been. Uh, been tortured into this kind of belief. But do you think that it's going to change the way people view television and, and information? I, I see I see people argue about the, uh, the wars. Every, first of all, there's no way for us to know any of the information we get is, is, is truthful or is being created. Right. There's no way for us to verify it. So the only use it is to us is to, to create a, an opinion about things. And as long as the media has control of the information that we get, I don't think we have a chance. As long as people watch television, I think that it, it, it's, like, it's like when, when uh, Schwarzkopf invaded Iraq during the first, the first <laughs> Desert Storm War. He attacked the uh, information sources he attacked radar and the and information and communications and that i think that's what they did with uh, the well, media they, in the ukraine he shut off all the all the tv stations other than the one that he wanted on as the first thing he did he, he uh, yeah. stopped all um, so the ukraine well, people couldn't get any information either let me ask you a question. If if what we're being fed is total theater, when we when we discuss it, we're just participating in that, aren't we? Just what? Well, if 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 the media has created total theater, in other words, we can't really understand or believe most of everything that that we're being told. Exactly. Uh, if, if we, I think people are getting the idea that they can't well, yeah, do but it. Yeah, but if we participate, if we participate in it, then we, then we're involved in it. In the, uh, in the website Mind Justice, there they talk about how. Let me see if I can find that real quick because this is really interesting. It says that. Um, uh, let's see here. It it torture becomes a kind of total theater and the people that analyze this the doors and zagers explain that techniques of torture work by creating deception distrust fear disorientation a kind of total theater that leaves the victim disoriented and emotionally and psychologically damaged the similarity of the explanation uh, below the street theater is found in mind control allegations. And street theater, well, in street theater, that's when when you or I or the people who have been embraced have embraced the total theater, just talk about the total theater. We don't have to watch television to be used to disseminate the message. They said that we become... Uh, 
we become actors and targets of the uh, mind control. In other words, not only are we part, not only are we the, we're the target of this kind of mind control, but we're actors in it when we become involved in the discussion. If we're talking about things that they want us to talk about, then we become part of that total theater. We're actors in it. So, so that's what I'm saying is how do how can we how can we break free from this 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 circular thing where we continue to discuss what they're telling us to discuss? We need to be discussing how we can bring down this media control of behavior. <clears throat> well, what I've noticed, people even call into RBN. They don't know what to believe anymore. They're just not sure. Yeah, even when they see the truth, they can't really disseminate is it true or not. Because they've been fed well, so much matter. information. It doesn't matter. As long as we're discussing what they want us to discuss, we're part of the total theater. <laughs> well, Laura, hang on a second. Let's bring Mike in Kentucky on. I always okay. enjoy okay. hearing Mike's uh, take on what what uh, we'll begin what we begin discussing here. Mike, what do you think about mind control? Uh, um, the nature uh, sounds a lot like what I, I saw a piece on the BBC trying to blame uh, Vladimir Putin. Uh, you know, blame the Russians for everything he can. Uh, for something called nonlinear warfare, where he actually allowed it to come out that he was controlling some of the opposition against him, he had created some of the rebellion against himself. So it kind of lets you makes you wonder who the enemy actually is and what they're up to. It's um, it's called nonlinear warfare, and it just keeps us off our feet, off balance, and not knowing what direction to go, and and it just protects the status quo. Um, well, media, my, media is the tip of the sword for mind control, but it goes so deep nowadays because of uh, of technologies like Facebook and uh, uh, what's the other Instagram. All of these technologies are being used for behavior modification and behavior control. Well, and, I know and, a lot of people don't like some of these uh, platforms, but I'm on LinkedIn, and uh, it allows you to at better. I tried it on Facebook, and, and uh, Facebook does not allow me to see a lot of the stuff that in my feed that I've signed up to see, like local right. government stuff or, you know, the highway department, the state police. I, you know, I don't see their posts. I have to physically or manually go to each one of those places and check for things. It doesn't come up in my feed. But on LinkedIn, I've signed up for different things, you know, communications technology. And uh, I just saw a post yesterday about artificial intelligence it's there somebody did a study on how it is now affecting our culture uh ai is affecting culture and getting its own feedback from the effects that it's doing that's kind do you of think AI, do you think ai has sprung out of these uh these behavioral uh programs these uh like i say the these uh uh ethical unethical use of of technical behavior modifications where we well, AI itself is a very broad term and I think what they're really getting at is like the algorithms on social media uh, increasingly tried to automate a lot of the censorship uh, you know down rank and shadow ban so they've built in an appeal process now I've one of a, a couple of appeals
appeals I have won both on LinkedIn and Facebook because it actually had some human review it and the AI, the algorithm or whatever, had made a, a nitpicky mistake. Um, I've got one under review right now on uh, on uh, LinkedIn. This guy made this post about the, uh, uh, you know, what's his name, uh, Epstein and Maxwell, the, the Gislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein stuff. He'd made this comment about it, and there was like, 40 other comments, so I chimed in and said, yeah, why is the media not paying any attention to this? And they flagged my comment as a violation of professional standards, so I'm, I'm, it's an appeal this weekend. <laughs> uh, I expect well, Mike, it'll be, you were probably, it was on topic. It served you well. It served you well, because if you discuss that, you're you're part of that narrative. Yeah, I well, mean, nobody, nobody else was flagged, is what I'm getting at, so the AI is... Uh, probably able to take, or the algorithm, whatever you want to call it, it's able to take in all of your parameters for your character on that platform. It's it, it, game theory. I'm sure I never did play Dungeons and Dragons, but I'm sure you're familiar with that role playing game where you roll the dice and you have a character then that, that plays uh, in that realm that you're playing in, and that character has so many hit points and characteristics based on its behavior and the things it runs into. You, that's what goes on with any of these social media platforms, your online character or persona has hit points and, and value to the platform because you're a content creator. But at the same time, you know, you become uh, weighted or vulnerable, or I think they call it a karma score. Your character <laughs> online has a karma score, and it's more or less vulnerable to being suspended or put in Facebook jail, depending on your value as a content creator or or as an administrator of groups. I got forced onto Facebook because, and there's been lawsuits over it, Facebook created pages having to do with my work product that were just hanging out there, people liking and commenting on them. And, and uh, unless I got on there and kind of policed it and captured the page, it was it was all sitting out there twisting in the wind, you might say. Well, How did they mind control people so much that they don't even know what sex they are? They're confused about if they're a man or a female or a male. I mean, that's crazy. And they did that somehow. I, well, I think it's part of, partly in the food supply. I think it has to do with the last 40 years of industrializing agriculture and industrializing farm animals to and give them an inflamed diet, which is full of hormones and antibiotics, to get them to market weight as quickly as possible. And, it, and that inflammation and those hormones get passed on to you pregnant mothers and their babies and children. So now they're gender uh, confused. Well, I think they made so, it look like it, it was cool to change your uh, gender. You know what I'm saying? I, I think you're right, Laura. I think that yeah. it, they've created a bias so that you feel that, that a lot of people feel like that's that's the, what they should do. Yeah, but it started in the 90s with the hookup culture. Well, know you know, like I well, the B.J. Fogg and his uh, the behavior design labs at Stanford creating writing, uh, they created technical programs to uh, change behavior and to modify behavior. And even back then, B.J. Fogg wrote that the, the possibilities for uh, the misuse of this technology were part of the class. I mean, really, it's something well, the best that we need to be aware, though. Well, that's just defense. it. Are, are we are we 
are we capable of understanding the complexity of how if AI is involved, and it is involved, AI's lab at Stanford is involved in this too. Uh, if it is involved, are we capable of seeing how we're being manip- manipulated? I don't know. Well, if you're unaware of it, I think you're much more easily manipulated, and you won't catch it at all if you're ignorant of it. And a lot of people are deliberately ignorant of it. They don't want to know. I confronted a youngster that was uh, all gung-ho about these... Uh, what do they call them, VR reality devices. Like, uh-huh. I caught, he was talking uh, at a local business that I walked into and heard part of the conversation. It was a laundromat. He was talking to the attendant about it and how you could get this ball and walk around inside of it when you put the visors on so you don't have to worry about walking into anything. The ball rolls as you walk in any direction, you know. And I noticed the phone that he had was a ZTE phone. And I had just read about how China had polluted, nine hundred. they thought, 950 million devices with a malware called AdUps, and it was slurping up your content of your voicemail, uh, text messages, and maybe even passwords and stuff was going to server farms, probably under the control of the uh, Communist Party in China, whatever it's called, PLN or People's uh, Chinese Republic. Uh, anyway, they, so it, when he when he realized what I was telling him that he needed to check his device for that, his knee jerk reaction was, and I came up with a hashtag to express the sentiment about it. His knee jerk reaction was, "I don't care who's spying on me as long as my phone gives me what I want, when I want, how I want it." <laughs> so people people don't care about being manipulated. A lot of them don't. They just want the experience because it's part of their generation I, Gen, or whatever, Gen Z, whatever the marketing wants to call these people. And so I came up with a hashtag. If you're, on, if you're on Facebook, you can do this hashtag, facilitating the inner five-year-old. And I've posted some stuff under that. I'm probably the only one using that hashtag. That's hashtag what most of the triggers do. That's what most of the triggers do. It... it it uh, it brings in the five year old with everybody. Right, let's well, bring in. I, I, let's, I let's, had just let's... raised a five year old. Just raised a five year old. That's exactly. You remember that? I want to bring in one more conversationalist here. Let's bring Lynn from Maryland in. I don't think we've spoken with Lynn before. Lynn, how are you going to add to this information about what we don't know? How we're being manipulated. Well, I spent years searching this information and researching it in DARPA websites. And um, First off, there's no such thing as non-ionizing radiation. In fact, they've even removed the term from the dictionary. Um, if you know anybody who's had a brain tumor with glioblastoma, that's caused by wireless from your cell phone, your Bluetooth, um, and all the other wireless stuff around us are appliances that are communicating with our refrigerator and the smart meter. Um VR is really powerful. In fact, if you have on goggles and you're playing a game or doing an exercise program, whatever is on that screen your brain takes in as absolute utter reality, even though you know you're playing a game. In 2017, I learned, but I couldn't verify it for a couple years, but I verified it. They are running virtual reality in the background of all screens now all browser screens i hear the music we're going to take a break i want you to to hold that thought and come back with it can you hold on for a little longer sure 
Thank All you. Right. Thank Hopefully, you very much. Is, that we're on the fifth dimension and we're having a conversation about, well, about mind control. We'll be back in a minute. Even while we sleep, we will find you acting on your best behavior. Turn your back on Mother Nature. Everybody wants to Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on long-term food storage in the rotating sponsors' banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth, truth. 